hey, hey, guys, this is Clayton. No, guys, sorry, Clayton's got the day off today. This is me and Rick, uh, me being Ed, and we're going to do this uh, podcast without Clayton, but we think we can do it. What do you think, Rick? Yeah, I think we can do it. And I, I, almost, thought it was Clay- I almost thought it was Clayton for a moment there. I was like, wait. <laughs> I can't do the Aussie accent, man. I just can't. I, I wish I could, but I started laughing and... <laughs> Okay, so what's our topic today, Rick? It's it's a, it's a simple one, one that's got been going on a little now and again in the House of Rock Comics uh, Facebook group about how to the struggle between having a family life and real life ordinary work and then also want to progress as an artist, maybe even going freelance from it at a time when you when you're more, more able to afford it and how to approach that in different ways, depending on your situation. Right, right. You know, that it's the juggling thing. And, you know, we've, we're trying to juggle uh, demands from the family, uh, maybe demands from a full-time job, um, yeah. and demands from, like, ourselves of wanting to be better and get better at art, right? Exactly. And just, just though that little line make it, it makes it sound almost impossible, but... Many people have managed to do it, and I thought that would be a good subject for you, for you and me. You and me. Yeah, yeah, I think. Also, before yeah, well, before okay. we before we go too much into it, you are also go from oh, okay. from you also from now on going to be part of the podcast team. I am. Am I? Well, not with that horrible introduction that I did. No, not, not, <laughs> not. Yeah, you're gonna be fi- you're gonna be fired now, but you are meant to be. So, this will be okay. this will this will be your first podcast as as a member of the uh, podcast team and not just a guest. So, welcome to the team, man. Thanks, man. My first and last one. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Hopefully, we'll have a, a few more. But I think this is a good topic for us because both of us are daddies, right? Um. Trying to be family men, trying to balance the art, family relationship there and stuff like that. And uh, I think it's good. So tell me, um, just, I don't want to pry too much into your personal life, right? But I know you have a child. Uh, How many? Just one? Just one, yeah. Eight years old. Okay. Eight years old. Uh, So, you know, that's different. Uh, An eight-year-old can kind of take care of themselves a little bit, but you remember what it was like to have a baby as well, right? I did, but at that time I hadn't started going, uh, pursuing it as a art as a career as much as I as I do now. That only started like really intensely started up again, I should say, because it, I've it's a long story, but basically I started out wanting this from the start, from the get almost get go of my life, as I said in other yeah. podcast. I'm not gonna speak yep. all of all about that. If people want to listen to it, go listen to former podcast where I tell you, <laughs> wink, wink. Okay. Uh, but right. I've wanted that all my life. I've been in a military family all my life, so it. So, from that that point of view, it was always hard for me. But then I stuff happened. I ended up after being in the army, suffering from PTSD. And that brought oh. me really low, and at that one, as, as the same time where I got a daughter, where I started getting better, mm-hmm. but I hadn't gotten out of the uh, rehabilitation enough. So, so that was my worry to f- 
focus on my daughter around the first few years. First few years, yeah. So okay. I, I, uh, I, and then later, and then later sorry. on, then later on, like I think it was three, four years back, she was four years old. I mean, that's still a young age, but it was easier for me to sure. to jump into continuing pursue, pursuing my dreams of becoming an artist, freelance. Well, I think it depends on the kid, right? You know, like uh, any parent knows, and as you hang out with other kids too, you realize, you know, one four-year-old could sit there for two hours and just be content or whatever, and the next four-year-old is bouncing off the walls in two minutes, right? You know, so if uh, I don't each family... Yeah, I don't think my daughter knows the word content. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's a wall bouncer, is she? Uh, she's uh, what what you call uh, call a call a princess. Like she she likes the attention. She likes the ah, you know the okay. typical girl things. She can't really play alone because she wants people to involve with her and uh, and such. So that was that was tough at first, but l- luckily uh, it, it's all about having to work it out. And I think that's gonna be. The line we're gonna say the most in the on this subject, you just got to work it out. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, right. Just find solutions, right? You know. Um. So you going through the different ages, especially starting at say four years old and stuff like that. How did you work it out? Was there any strategy you used with her or anything like that uh, to they, like to you know because you needed time to draw right and to sit there and draw takes some focus takes takes some time. So how did you do that with your girl? I stopped sleeping, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll work. <laughs> I mean, for a short time. For a short time, I thought, yeah, well, when I was younger, I was able to stay up late and and just sleep and all that. But uh, so I was all cog- I was all cocky about it. That yeah, yeah, I only need I only need four to two hours of sleep. It's no problem. Oh, I couldn't do it, man. I need After... like my eight hours <laughs> sleep, man. <laughs> I need tons of sleep. Yeah, you know, it's well, interesting you brought up the younger thing. I was going to say, you know, we kind of skipped over this, but I wanted to talk about just just a quick thing. Like, I'm sure almost everybody can relate to this. When when we're younger as artists, and I say younger, younger is a very, you know, broad term. It could be anywhere from 16, 20s, whatever, and stuff like that. When you're single, when you're kind of on the younger end of life, you can stay up till 4, 6 a.m. drawing. You can... As you're single, you can set your own schedule a little bit. You just gotta make sure you're up for that next shift at work or whatever it is, or or classes uh, at university, whatever that is. But beyond that, you you got a lot of freedom, right? And people don't always recognize it until later in life. You look back and say, "Wow, you know, like being young was tough, but there was a lot of freedom and choice. I I didn't have as much responsibility. And as an artist, I think that's that's an easy time to to just fart around and draw and get better at your craft and stuff like that. That's one of the easier times in life, right? I think it was. Without that, uh, without that time, I don't think I've, I, I would would have been where where I am now with my, with, with what I can do. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be good enough to teach other people and do classes about it. That's for sure. The freedom years that help you, you know, it gives you that time if if you can use it, right? Exactly. But my my problem is I I never wanted kids. Oh, like, okay. I mean, interesting. So so that made it. A, so did you find one on your doorstep? 
Yeah, so, uh, suddenly, a, uh, suddenly a stork came by and a bird came by and and just planted in there and said, "You are a flock." And now, I, I found someone who really, really wanted children, and uh, mm-hmm. so it just happened. Then you just have to roll with it because you can't really sell the child. That's just wrong. So you just have to roll with it and uh, and, and have uh, have to. Yeah, yeah, same here in Denmark. Even De- even though Denmark's law, De- Danish laws is a little behind on, uh, behind on some extent, but yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, but it's I all think of- for me. Um, my- so I was gonna say my daughter is a little bit older than yours, uh, but I was gonna go back to strategies that uh, you know that we were using. And you, I-, I like how you're saying just keep rolling with it. You know, like I think each stage in our life we're gonna encounter something that's a challenge, a difficulty or whatever, and we got to roll with it. Uh, but I think also developing certain strategies. So for, for me raising my kid, uh, one thing that we did was um, both me and my wife, we really focused on teaching my kid how to sit down. You know, like I know that, uh, and this isn't a parenting podcast or anything like that, but a lot of parents struggle with this. Their kids are bouncing all around and stuff. Take them around, try to spoon feed them and everything. Uh, when it was meal time my kids sat, you know, strapped into the high chair, basically, you know, and from a very young age, from like, as soon as we could get this sucker to sit down in a bumbo chair or whatever it was, right? Uh, my daughter was sitting, you know, and uh, so I remember even at, at, at a young age of like three, four, whatever, she was able to sit with me and watch a show. You know, it's not that she could understand the show necessarily. It's just that her ability to read a longer attention span grew because we trained it to be that way. You know, we, we worked, worked up on it and stuff. Right. And so that kind of freed me up that, you know, she was able to sit and do her thing, like say in a coloring book next to me as I'm doing my thing. Right. And uh, that was one strategy that I used to try to, you know, get my kid, uh, able to give me that time that I'd need to sit for an hour or, yeah. or how much or whatever and try to get stuff done, right? Well, you need that. You Many many parents forget that you still need to educate your child when they're home. You need, you need to teach your child the basics of good behavior and being able to be patient. It's not just something that they, sure. they, that they just automatically, automatically learn. You need to, you need to, Put it into them before they understand uh, understand it. Sorry, I was gonna say I don't really want to lecture other parents about like uh, you gotta raise them this way or that way. You know, like I have a certain way of raising, and other parents do their thing. I, I kind of want to just say, listen, this is what worked for me. You know, this is what worked for us, and maybe if you're encountering it, try this strategy too or something like that. You know, like exactly. Um, but you like like you said, you can't really expect the kid to just naturally give you a couple hours you know like how many memes do we see online where a parent can't go into the bathroom without the kid's hand reaching under the door or something like that like kids need it they want attention that's their natural inclination is to be up in your face 24 7 right and so we've got to work on that work on strategies of how to free yourself a little bit so that you can have some time to draw which also, in the end, will will strengthen your child when he grows up to be independent. But yep. as you yep. say, we can only talk for ourselves and our strategies. And 
I was, I was, I, I, I will consider myself a harsh parent as well when it came to. Oh well, I don't see, I don't see myself as harsh, but as <laughs> your kid does, <laughs> as as people around me may do, that's not as harsh. I'm, I'm very, very militant when it comes to comes to rise, uh, raising my child with structure, and it has to be this and this, like. Gotcha. She, she's never allowed to eat dinner in front of the TV, as an example. Even though it's just the two of us, I demand that we sit at table together and we talk while we eat. Sure. And, you know, I think it's that structure that will help you, like you said, for her later in life, but for you with what you're doing now. If you say, honey, I need, daddy needs an hour, whatever, or daddy needs to go into the office to do this, you know, the kid will understand, okay, well, this is part of the structure of my life. You know, daddy does this. And in that time I have to do, you know, reading or I have to do whatever, you know, like they'll understand that they don't get to to run the house. Or homework as your daughter is doing right in the background right now, as an example. Actually, yeah, she just finished up the homework. Hi. We're in a podcast. Don't say hi. (laughs) No. Yeah, she just finished up her homework, so we're all good on this end. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's um, a that's a good example that she can sit right beside you without having to be noticed. I mean, until until that's she, true. That's... Until she had to pop up and say hi, but right, right, right. You know, I don't necessarily subscribe to the thing like oh, all children should be silent or anything like that. But I definitely think you know you got to teach your child skills. And we're saying child, you know, me and you, we got it a little bit easy, man. We both got one child, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I very much believe that that gives us a little bit of the easier path, right? If if I had four kids in this house, yeah, I, I definitely concede that it would be a harder road, you know? Like uh, we were talking with Death in two podcasts ago or three podcasts ago, and he's got four or five now, a new little newborn as well in the house, right? And yeah, and he got it, and he got a job on the side, and he still manages to produce. Like, wow! Right, right, right. And so you know, I there's no way I could lecture that guy on anything. You know, he's awesome, and but I think probably if we if he was in this podcast, we we couldn't get him on for this one because of the the time zone thing. But if he was here with us, he'd be sharing his strategies or. Uh, both him and his wife's strategies as well, right? You know, like it's it's sometimes it's it's one parent, sometimes it's two, right? It takes and, two to uh, it takes it takes two to tango at, uh, when you can do it, and I mean, uh, mo- most families have two pair two parents, to, and they need to work together about it. But I think that's we'll we'll dwell for a little more into that uh, later later on as we talk. But I, I got a question for you sure. before we go too much away from it. Uh, I had I had an easy way into into this whole uh, uh, working art and and having a kid, but you you actually had a really great I say great from the soundtrack a really great job before you did you just choose to let it go or what it circumstances that allowed you to that was oh well um you know like. I think, I think actually on on my end, what happened was, uh, you know, what was it? I think you said it's all about choices or going with the. Yeah. And uh, after my daughter was born, uh, my wife 
and I, we were both working quite a lot. Um, and our, uh, my wife's parents who are, they're pretty awesome, awesome in-laws. And they were helping us raise our kid. And it was, that was great in some ways, but it, it kind of felt wrong to me. Like I love the grandparents, but I think grandparents should be grandparents if possible. Right. And so me and my wife had talked about it and we're like, well, you know, uh, she wanted to pursue her, her career, continue with her company and stuff. And I was like, you know, I think I can flip to part-time or, or do different things and stuff. And, uh, so around about, I want to say seven years ago when my daughter was say, I switched to freelance work and have been doing it ever since. So, um, you know, like it was kind of, you know, we took a hit in money. Uh, we couldn't maybe, you know, this is, it's all about choices, right? You know, this is what we're talking about. And, you know, maybe we don't choose to take that many vacations or trips or don't go to the restaurant every week, once in a while. We don't buy that big TV, you know. Yeah. Uh, instead, we've got one parent that's at home, full-time, part-time, whatever. And that was the ch choice we made in our family, right? And uh, it's worked, you know, it's worked quite well. We're, we're family for it but i realize not every family can do that you know it depends where you're living some cities some countries are much more expensive than others and stuff right but for us we just kind of said listen like and we didn't think we could actually because you know we looked at our tables of expenses and stuff and we're like god how can we do this this is insane <laughs> right you know like school everything right yeah and uh and but it's funny how if if you really want to make something work you kind of just make it work right you know and uh you find a way and so that's what we did and we've been doing it now for yeah i want to say about seven-ish years or something right um so you know do i miss working full-time or or anything like that working in a law office or anything or uh no no <laughs> what i'm doing right now and i enjoy the future where i'm heading and stuff and uh yeah, you know, it would be nice to have more money in the future, but uh, we'll see. You know, I, I think money is only one part of the equation, right? I mean, money can't buy you happiness in in that regard, but of course it can help. But as long as you as long as you feel happy and relaxed, and you're not a constant worry about how things are going to go, and you just go with the flow and enjoy the moment, I think you're in a good place. I think that, and I think that's, yeah. that's the most important part. If you feel like you can sit back and say, "Ah, this is good. This is good right now. This is good," then you're in a happy place. But and I, I need to I need to point out uh, something that we we got in common with both our ways of approaching art, and I think it's uh, important for everybody who wants to make that jump is that you need to be willing. Yeah. You need to be willing to sacrifice. Yeah. yeah, sacrifice something. You know, give it to me for something. Yep. Well, whether it's whether it's the, it's that uh, that new car, a new brand new car you you wanted, and 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 more more money to do stuff, or it's perhaps move it, perhaps move into a cheaper play cheaper place, or anything like that. You have yep. to be willing to 
sacrifice and you have to have your communications with your with your better health or other health in order and there has yep. to be agreements on it because it's not an easy choice i can i can only imagine it's not an easy choice i mean i remember back on a podcast with uh with Kanan, he, he's he spoke of the troubles he had when he when he he went from the went from going a, a, having a full-time job and on, only now going freelance Kanan white mm -hmm. And it wasn't easy for him either, and he yeah, got, yeah, yeah. and he also got four kids. But in, yeah, right. In the yeah. end, in the end, they managed to do it because they did they do it together, and they were willing to make yep. those sacrifices that were that were needed for it. And he's, as he says, he's never been happier with how everything around him is right now, as they are, because he. That's he, awesome. He d he made that jump and he joined and he don't regret it. Right, perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, I wish I wish I was in on that. And actually, now that you mentioned Kanan having four kids, he could have been another good one for this one, right? Um, I keep thinking back to us only having one each, and I think, you know, I smile <laughs> because I know it's a little bit easier for us, right? Oh yeah. It's, and and that's why I also yeah definitely it it is easier but then then again that doesn't mean that it's too easy because we still had to struggle with it I mean no matter how sure. no matter how much we train our kids no matter how much good we raise our kids there'll always be troubles there'll always be issues that we need to take care of yep. like yep yeah parents we know that each family and each child has a different dynamic you know some children uh require more love more care you know more special attention than the next kid and stuff right so i i know a lot of kids with with higher needs and stuff and so i know you know uh every family's got their you know cross to bear type of thing right um you know you brought up something interesting about teaching your kids stuff and this this was actually another point that i wanted to touch on uh when it comes to education one thing that i that worked for me and this won't work for every other parent either but uh, uh maybe you've seen some of my daughter's drawings right uh my daughter would often sit beside me and you know kind of copy what i was doing you know she wanted to draw or wanted to color and stuff like that and when she came to be certain ages i actually sat her down you know gave her some lessons and i continued to give her feedback and so now it's she's kind of my little partner in some of this right you know like i'm able to i think captain korea issue two she did uh she did the flats and some of the coloring on it and stuff and so one way that i'm suggesting to the parents out there and stuff and to for this family work art life management is if you can involve your family involve the kids uh bring them if they have any interest in any aspect of it at all they might not want to draw necessarily uh but if you can bring them into into the the whole mix of it all right um also i think uh, i don't i posted some pictures but uh i did a comic-con a month ago and my wife and daughter both were slugging it out with me at the comic-con it was awesome they were like pitching t-shirts selling prints and stuff uh my daughter hannah was wearing a captain marvel costume so she was doing some cosplay and you know pulling attention to the table and stuff like that and so 
even if it's not drawing, uh, there's a lot of ways that you can, you know, bring the family and make it make it fun, make it a family thing, right? Exactly. I mean, that's important. Incorporate incorporate your family as much as they want. I mean, my daughter, she don't want to draw at all. Every time I ask her, do you want to see him draw with me? She like, she just looks at me and goes. <sighs> <laughs> Like do That's I too bad. <laughs> like do I have to and 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 it hurt right. it hurts a little bit for a second but then she goes then she goes like I I just want to go I, I'm I'm gonna go in I'm gonna go in and write uh, write write a song or something like that because she's really into writing songs after it's, uh, after she's been allowed going to go on YouTube with she oh interesting where she listens to and so watch lyric videos and and she. Okay. Kind of learns it that way. So, so yep. she likes writing. She likes writing, and her head is like, I, I know. I when I was uh, I was a little, my head was booming with constant ideas and thoughts and imagining things Absolutely. like fantasy. Yep. But but my daughter is just, in my view, because I didn't experience it uh, on the side when I was a kid. I was the kid. But in my view, it's just so much worse, or so much better, give or take. And, just... and you're saying music is her expression for it, right? Yeah. And so, so she does art. We have that. We we have that together, uh, right. combined in a way. And I've she's become more and more interested in maybe to starting to draw, uh, write write a story for me because I said she's become more and more interested in how comics work which is fantastic on the writing part that that when i told him you do know that you also have to write in order to make a comic and she was surprised and looked at me and you could just see a light bulb uh, a straight starting in her head like like oh you need to you you need to write it and i'm like yeah 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 if you ever want to feel want to write a story I, i will i will draw it for you i will draw the story yeah, think of like, you know, she writes a song, what accompanies a song, a music video, you do a little storyboard for the music video type of thing, you, you know, you sketch out the how it would go and stuff like that, the storyboard, that's, that's a way that, uh, you know, you can bring a lot of those passions together, right? Yeah, well, and I can animate, I can do, I, I'm able, I can, I do gather the Adobe and animation CC or what it's, what's it called? Yeah, where you can do uh, animations and all that. I got that program, and I've and I've been do, doing that for years, like uh, on a hobby side for fun. So I can mm-hmm. do that. I can and you know, it do doesn't that. even have to. Be, I was gonna say it doesn't have to be like some amazing illustration. It could be two stick figures falling in love. You know, whatever her little cute little song story is, right? You say cute. She, she helps you draw them. You on and out. Yeah. And it could it could be something fun like that, that it's a little project that you guys do together. And in turn, then, you know, you're sharing this passion, but you're also learning a lot from each other, you, you know, animation and stuff like that, right? Exactly. Um, there's, it's just a win-win-win. And so, you know, I think that's something that we're talking about here when it comes to uh, managing the art and life balances. If you can incorporate things like that, I think it, it's it's a perfect combination right incorporate uh some some way to bring your passions together exactly i mean that's important because 
it makes it easier as well. it makes it easier as well it makes it if you if you have even if you have a, a lot of kids i mean it's easier to bring people together and have have them share Kenan spoke also spoke a little about it in the podcast how his children were really fantastic when it came to being artistic in uh, different in different aspects how one of his kids could make almost everything out of simple Lego and and such and he was impressed with the artistic skills but it wasn't necessarily in the same aspect as him but they could still talk about it and have and share the joy of it together and that that in lack of better words that togetherness helps strengthen the bond and therefore makes the sacrifice is easier to take. Yep, yep, that's that's exactly how I, you know, that's how I felt at the Comic-Con with my girls helping me. I could see it, uh, you know, I hear it in your voice when you're talking about, you know, how excited your your girl got regarding, uh, you know, oh, I have, to, I have to write with the song and write the story and, oh, you know, I can combine this stuff, you know? And yeah. I can hear that with Kanan with, like, it, you know, he could even do like a stop motion kind of animation with some Lego or something like that. You know, you can combine these passions. They're not so exclusive. You know, they can be exclusive that, listen, I, I have my quiet time in my room and you have your quiet time in your room and that's okay. But it doesn't always have to be that way. Right? It doesn't always have to be exclusive that uh, you can find that family time together, even, even though the passions aren't exactly the same. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm like this, that art as a, as a, as a world topic is is a is an image in a tree, and okay. the, the word art is the is the log of that tree, and then every yeah, right. and then every aspect of that tree is is comic art, is music, is writing, is poems, etc. etc. But they are all combined into the same thing. In, in uh, the main yeah, thing is the same. All- Meaning we can yeah, use it's a, all artistic expression, if, and it's the same basic thought process in in a way because you artists is known to think differently. It's yep that and that's no matter if you're a musician. Or, one one of my best friends is a rapper, as a for, as an example. No, okay. he, he doesn't have any interest in in, in drawing, but. We sh- we have the same thought process, even though we have two different aspects of the same main topic. That is art. Sure. You find there's a lot of similarities, and you know it, it's funny too because uh, I think we were talking about uh, in our last podcast with when I when I was with you guys, we were talking about the aspect of making money, and then you know like we sometimes we think of comic books as like, and this is what we get in the group is like so many people say this isn't comic book art or this is a portrait or this is a, and they've got a very, 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 very narrow view of what comic books are. Right. And I look at comic books as like this medium that encompasses like tons of different genres, plus understanding business, plus understanding printing, plus understanding, you know, advertising there. Comic books are so broad, and that's and that's what I'm hoping our group grasps is that, listen, 
in these podcasts, you're going to hear so many different experiences and so many perspectives on what we're trying to achieve in this, what some might think is just a small little thing of comic books that, no, it's way bigger. So you're going to find commonalities with a rapper or a CEO or a, even an office worker. You know, there's going to be a lot of these similarities and stuff like that because it's so broad, right? I mean, we can, we couldn't do the, we couldn't do twenty plus podcasts on this single podcast pod, uh, subject if it wasn't as broad as it is. I mean, last podcast, Clayton said said and spoke motivation with Tom Bilio as an example. I mean, right, right. That in itself, that just shows how how massive it it actually is. That that we can spend a whole day, a whole podcast. Focus uh, that's focused on comic book, uh, that focus on comics, uh, comic art, and all right. that, and and let it be motivation without feeling guilty about it going against the subject because it isn't. So today, you know, me and you were a little bit worried about, uh, you know, how are we going to cover this time uh, dealing with art, life, the balance type of thing, and I think there's a lot to be discussed during this time. Actually, you know, like. We, we can talk about family, we can talk about spouses, children, those types of things. But I'm going to bring up a different angle on this that I, I was just thinking of as we were talking here, Rick. And, and I didn't, this is going to be a surprise to you, but physical fitness and art. That's not a surprise for me. No? Okay, well, maybe not because you know me, right? You know, you know what? that's one of my passions. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I usually I usually call you the buffest nerd I have ever met I've ever seen because you are you're the you are the buffest nerd I've ever seen and that's a compliment. Thanks, brother. Thanks, man. Um, you know I gotta say, and I love the artists out there. I I love uh, so many of my fellow artists and stuff like that. But a lot of them are in really rough shape physically, and this isn't a a, a moral judgment. This isn't me wagging their my finger at them. This is them talking to me and saying, geez, I'm, my back is blown out or I can't stand or my wrist is damaged, I can't draw. This is their bodies rebelling or pushing back against them because they didn't have that art-life balance correctly managed and stuff like that. So they were pushing, 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 drawing, drawing, drawing for whoever... And eventually, their body said, hold up now, something's up, you know, something's wrong here, right? So, um, let me ask you, Rick, do you exercise? Uh, does uh, running down the stairs and lifting my daughter count? <laughs> and sometimes so Being I'm... chased by your daughter or chasing her? Uh, that depends on that, depends on the situation. But no, no, <laughs> I, I should be doing that, but as... As everything else, I have plenty of excuses why I can't put it into my everyday life. But again, I just need to make the sacrifices to make it work because it's needed. My shoulder is currently killing me. I'm going to a masseuse, a masseuse every yeah. once a yeah. once a month, and that's not really good on the good good on the money either. So I think I think it's cheaper to just start working out, and it's not like I need to get get buff uh, like you I just need to get no. my muscles working with me instead of instead of against me 
And yeah, I, that's exactly it. I think that uh, when we look at the typical artist, and listen, almost all of us are, I'm guessing, the same because from all the buddies that I know and stuff, we could sit in that drawing posture for an hour, two hours, three hours, eight hours. You know, you just sit hunched over. Uh, your shoulders are all rotated in. You're, you're crunched over the drawing board or the tablet or whatever it is and stuff. You're barely coming up for a breath of air or, or a bite of food or anything like that. Or, and we'll get into food a little bit later, but like, do you know what I mean? That's a really bad posture. It's, it's the, it's everything's, your, uh, your chest is, we call it uh, internal rotation of the shoulders and stuff, right? And so that causes a lot of, lot of issues. And so what I would hope is that, listen, if you're going to sit there for an hour as an artist, you've all heard it before, and I'm saying it again, at the hour mark or thereabouts, hit save if you're working digitally, because you should always save your work. But <laughs> after you hit save, stand up and do some external rotation stretching. And I'll probably make a little video to show how to do something like this or whatever. But I think it's really important to like, listen, if you're patterning so many minutes a day of bringing your body in one direction, you've got to do some work to balance it out. You've got to do some work. Otherwise, your shoulders are going to get, as you're feeling, all torqued out. You know, there's going to be some impingement. There's going to be some problems in mobility. Um, and that's just the joints, you know, not counting the added weight of just sitting there and eating often, right? A lot of artists do this too. And so they pack on the pounds around the midsection that isn't healthy and doesn't help them, right? So, yeah, you know, I think we could focus on fitness, but basically I wanted, I brought this up for two points, was I was thinking that one, as artists, we really got to take care of our bodies and almost every artist that I, I know doesn't. So it's not really, um, you know, about being buff or anything like that, or that's nice and all, but really it's about longevity, being able to, uh, pattern yourself, pattern your life in the right way that it, you can keep drawing for, for longer and longer. So I think, Rick, did you watch my little video that I posted up the other day about uh, how to massage the, the the forearm and stuff with uh, little rubber balls and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do a lot of I do a lot of stretching and I do uh, and I use the Pomodoro effect as well. Where I do, where I stop and I stretch after like 40 minutes and then there's 5 minutes break and then 40, 40 min uh, 30 minutes and then 25 minutes and in those 5 minutes intervals I step up, I, I walk around while I do some, uh, some easy stretching just to help myself. I've never luckily never had wrist, wrist problems, it's all in my shoulder and a little in my elbow but it's not... I think if I hadn't done all the, that stretching and moving, uh, moving with my limbs, even before I start, I I do do some warm ups to loosen up, and I think that helps yeah. a lot. Just that. I think so too. Um, you know, it's interesting. You you mentioned it's your shoulder, then a little bit of the elbow. You know, that's a chain, right? Like, like it's starting to go down your connective chain there. That it's it's linking up. So just make sure you take the time out. So my first point was about artists taking care of their bodies and doing it for longevity and health, right? Longevity as an artist, right? But the second point that I brought it up, and because you kind of mentioned that, you know, you think of me as the the uh, buff geek type of thing or whatever, but uh, I guess the other reason I brought this up was because 
sometimes we think of our passions as very exclusive. You know, our, our hobbies, our interests, our jobs, your full-time job has nothing to do with your art hobby or your art job has nothing to do with your um, skiing hobby or something like that. And one of my passions is uh, bodybuilding. So, you know, I take that passion of bodybuilding in the gym, but I also bring it into a study of anatomy. And I hope, <laughs> I hope that that shows a little bit in my art someday that, uh, that I, it, somebody could look at it and say, yeah, this guy knows his anatomy or this guy has an interest in anatomy or muscular anatomy or, or uh, you know, the body's movement and stuff like that, right? So we're talking about that art-life balance. And life is, you know, life, I'm kind of ticking off the boxes here. Life is family. Life is work. But life is also passions and interests and stuff like that. Life is health. You know, life is obviously very broad here, right? So for me, being able to balance uh, art and life was bringing some of my other passions into my art and vice versa, right? So you might think of, you know, heaving uh, a lot of iron in the gym has nothing to do with sitting down and drawing, but no, it's taught me tons both ways. And it goes both ways. Anatomy, uh, when I'm studying it uh, on the tablet or whatever, and I bring it into the gym and vice versa. It's, it's cyclical, right? It's not exclusive. Oh, I completely... So let me ask you, Rick. Do you have any hobbies or interests or anything like that that you think have maybe transitioned or helped you with your art or vice versa? You brought your art out into a, a different area that maybe you didn't expect? I'm a huge fan of martial arts, whether it's movies or going to tur tournaments and watch it. And and I've even, I've even trained when I was younger to be a to be a pro pro wrestler as funny as it may sound because uh, and we have a, okay. a small indie wrestling shows here in Denmark as well and I'm a huge wrestling fan as well and I think that's also influenced my art a lot because you can uh, you can get a lot of anatomy out of those guys after all and you can also get a lot of sure. ideas of how movement works when you smack someone with a or smack someone with a chair as an example yeah. how, if you draw that, how awesome that could look in a in a drawing and stuff like that. So in that way, yeah, yeah, that's that passion, uh, that passion as as well uh, uh, mixes uh, can mix if you use them together. And I've done t-shirt t-shirt logos and and posters for that wrestling show when I was uh, working with them and all that. So I combined those things together and you're right it goes so easier when you find that middle ground that everything shares and make it work right. work together instead of opposites because if you do that it go it it works easy, easier and the sacrifices f might feel less and that's also right, right. and you know i totally get what you're saying i totally get what you're saying about wrestling you know think of wrestling wrestling is what it's called a performance or entertainment sport entertainment. That's what they call it a lot, right? That, and yeah. think of how dramatic those punches and those kicks are. You know, they overemphasize the the follow through and stuff. You know, they 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 really want to show the impact and stuff. And so you you understand how to overemphasize almost like Kirby esque type of movements and stuff, right? It's just pow, bam. You know, like the 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 punches and kicks are being thrown, the flips and everything. 
I could totally see how wrestling could impact a comic book artist. It has for me because you, as you said, they exact, exaggerate a lot. Even the smallest of hits has to be seen, like in the in the biggest of crowd right. in the crowd all the way back. So you have to put that extra weight behind it, and that's what Kirby did. He added extra right, weight right. To, uh, weight in his movements as well, and. Yeah. I've always, I always had that sneaky suspicion that Kirby was a wrestling fan because of the way he. he Might made, have been a wonder. He, uh, yeah, the, I'm very curious. In, yeah. the, in the way he he oversold his his uh, action poses as well, because you got to admit, I love Kirby, but it's it's uh, he 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 made that overselling part important yeah. in yeah. comics yeah. as well. I don't know if it's uh, just yeah. a coincidence, but there is a lot of the same to be ha- to be no. seen in wrestling. Rick, I'm going to stop you for a quick second and say, do you know which city I grew up in? Well, now that you say it, I'm going to say Bret, yeah. ha- Bret Hart, Canada, what's Calgary, Alberta, yes. Canada. I grew up in Calgary, man. Yeah, I'm from Calgary. So that's where the Hart family is from. That's where we had Stampede Wrestling. It was, it was a, there was a large, you know, um, Oh yeah, grassroots. Uh, basically, they, the wrestlers would tour before they made it into the the bigger uh, companies and stuff like that. My gym was full of wrestlers. I grew up around a lot of wrestlers, you know. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think it's hilarious that you brought up wrestling because I, how the performance of it, the overselling of it, the the impact of it all, the dr- drama of it, right? Wrestling can be connected to comic book art. That's a great example, Rick, of how, you know, you can have one hobby that is, like, you think is way out in, on one side of the spectrum, but it, it connects, man. Uh, yeah, but uh, also, just if your passion is taking long walks out, uh, out, in, the wo- out in the forest, well, that, that can be rela- related to art as well. Basically, everything you do can in some way or the other be combined with your right. with your art. And you know, we're talking about comic books, like because I always have superheroes on my mind, right? And so I'm thinking of your wrestlers and stuff, and I'm thinking of superheroes. But think of something really like uh, there's an indie comic, or not indie? Is it indie or is it? I think maybe Vertigo or Image picked it up. Uh, do you know the comic book Chew? C H E W. No, I must admit I don't. Okay, it's about a guy. Okay, it's it's a great comic book. I'm I'm sure there are about forty issues deep in it now and stuff, right? But it's it's about a guy who, whenever he eats something, he can it, he gets images and the memories of whatever it is he was eating. So let's say he he eats a cow. He he remembers the slaughterhouse. He remembers growing up in the field. Those types of things, right? Uh, let's say he eats uh, <laughs> he takes a bite of a murder victim. He can see the murder type of thing. And, you know, how ridiculous is this? But I, I can imagine some foodie um, helping to write that or, like, you know, somebody who's so focused on food and who's got a passion for food and all those kind of things, that would be the comic book for them. You know, that's that's something how they could manifest some of that passion, right? Oh, yeah, indeed. I mean, it, it can be the simplest of things. I mean, even... <laughs> Even if your passion is 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 being a be a working 
working on the downside, uh, being interested in lawyer stuff. I don't even know the right term, but it, but then F- Phoenix Wright can pop out of it. Yep. Yeah. I mean that I say I'm pretty sure that the guy who came up with that one had a passion of either a passion of or had worked as a lawyer or something like that, and then took it into into anime but and also comics. Right, right. So well, you know, I think when I was teaching my daughter about how to draw and stuff, and you know, we're talking about comic book creation and everything. Um, she's had a lot of interest in this, and and basically, I kind of said, you know, Hannah, that's my daughter's name. I said, you you gotta almost be, you gotta know about almost everything. Like you gotta know how a car functions. You gotta know how tanks look. You you should understand, you know, how an airplane moves, how a punch is thrown, you know, how a building is built the structure underlying that building and stuff like that. And you don't have to be necessarily an expert in all those things, but you have to have kind of a very broad base of understanding. So again, if we're talking about this art life balance, you know, if you're just an artist and you lock yourself in a basement somewhere, I worry about the art that would be created, you know, like it would be pretty trippy stuff because like, I think you need other things going on in your life. You know, you need the input from hobbies. You need the input from a spouse. You need the input from friends, going to the pub, whatever it is. You need all these extra things, driving through the countryside, you know, all these other things make you a better artist. So instead of looking at it and saying, oh, geez, you know, I got to I gotta drive to London today or something like that, or I got to sit on the subway for an hour today. This sucks. I can't draw. My life sucks. You know, like this subway ride is taking away from my ability to create. I say flip the script, you know, you know, like this subway ride helps me to create. I get to see some of the weirdest looking faces on this subway ride every day. (laughs) It's giving me some inspiration for some characters, you know? When I go someplace, I deliberately choose to take the train even though, even though I could perhaps take a car, I, I would rather take the train. Even though people say, "But that's boring. You're sitting there and doing nothing, isn't it?" And I'm like, "But I'm not yeah. doing. I'm not doing nothing. I'm being. You're I'm, I'm observing. I'm being creative and having fun with it. Sometimes I don't even have my sketch block with me. I'm just sitting there and letting my mind loose. Because that also helps yep. me. Yep. And it helps me take a break. Yep. And to some yep. and the, and with that, we can go straight back into our main topic because seeing it that way will also help you find ways to make to make things work as you want it to with the fa- with fa- having family and a day job and want to work as an artist. If you think positive about it and think and see good th- good things and pluses instead of minuses and hindrances. It will be also be easier for you to find that road that you're searching for when it comes to finding the, the commitment to do all all those things, being a family man and being an artist and being a worker. Yeah, I, told, I think, you know, it's the mindset and stuff. You know, you've mentioned a few times about compromise or about balance and choosing and stuff like that. Um, yeah, we can sacrifice some things and stuff. But when you said that thing about, uh, you know, it's the mindset about uh, being positive, right? Uh, you you could 
post on the forum and say, or on the Facebook page and say, geez, I don't have any time to draw. I have to sit on the subway for four hours a day or whatever it is, or, you know, yes, you're right. That's, that could be horrible. And if that's how one wants to look at it and then you're absolutely right. You're not going to, it's not going to help you or you flip it and you say, wow, I get four hours of downtime every day or two hours, whatever it is, right? What can I do to, to work in the direction that I want to work in, right? What can I do with that time? Is there any way? Now, for some people, you know, me and you take the train. Each city is a little different, right? Sometimes you have the option of a subway system or something. Uh, you know, sometimes your subway system is maybe a little too scary. <laughs> you're yeah. kind of worried. Sometimes you're going to drive. I know in, if you're in North America, you're probably driving everywhere, right? Um, but if you're driving... There's podcasts, podcasts like this wonderful one we're doing here today, right? You know, there's other ways that you can, uh, you know, make that time valuable if you're feeling that it's not as valuable as you want it to be right now, that you can, you can flip it and make that time into something more positive for how you're going to balance your goal as an artist, right? How you're going to balance that art life and the rest of life and stuff and make it go the way you want it to, right? It's all about mentality. I've said that since the first podcasts. Uh, when it comes right, uh, right down straight to it, you can do everything you actually want to if you have to men uh, a mental assessment for it. If you're going around being, yep. de yep. be being depressed and sad all the time, you're getting nowhere. I mean, death, he's... He got four kids, a wife. He got what was yeah, he, he got? His name is not Ed. And he he got work, and he got what traveled for two hours back and forth to get to that work a day yep. daily, and he still manages to produce more art than I do. In in yeah, he and his art is killer, right? But I got to tell you this him for, for about I want to say eight eight to ten years and he's gotten better it's not like he's just been like oh man he was always good no death has worked on his game so it's not just that you know he was sitting resting on whatever skills he had he built himself so it's possible with four or five kids full-time job two-hour commute he still brought his game up right and that's just shows and that's why I was so happy to have him on that podcast because I respect him so much yeah I mean he he really boosted my uh, my uh, my thought, thoughts of hey if you want to do it it's possible this guy can do it and right, he, right. he got it quote yeah. unquote he got it quote unquote it's quote unquote worse than me quote unquote quote unquote yeah. worse <laughs> than me you got you're using the quotes right there man yeah. So, Rick, I think you know, like this is our podcast on having art and life balance. I think we covered a lot today. You know, it, it was pretty good. We we got um, we talked about children and family, and you know, even the single life before that. We talked about hobbies and passion and stuff. You know, how to bring them and combine them in. And I think our lesson was, you know, like just have the right attitude. If if you, if you want to combine it, you you've got to have the positive attitude of how to bring it in to make it work. 
And you need to incorporate your family. It's also important. You can't do it on your own. Right, right. right. To bring it all into that one tight package. I wish I could wrap up with it like an... Oh, can I do an Australian accent? Yeah, no, I can't. Uh, well, you can. Oh, I'm... Can I okay, I think I almost had it there. But yeah, I think we got to wrap it up here. We're at about the hour mark here. So if we can uh, sign off and just say thanks to everybody who joined us, listening in to me and Rick uh, rambling on today. It was great. This is the first time it was just me and Rick, and it was it was awesome setting this up where we're, our time zones aren't that far apart, so we're both kind of still awake and vibrant, right? Are you awake, Rick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm awake. I'm awake. More than last time where I actually almost fall, fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we lost you a few times. And so that's it for our podcast of art and life balance. Uh, you know, I hope everybody out there enjoyed us. And if you got any questions, go ahead and add to the comments, you know, uh, add to the comments of, uh, or experiences. You know, if, if you're listening to this and you want to tell us what worked for you, whether it's family tricks or anything like that, put it in there because collectively we all learn from it, right? And then uh, next week, we're going to be bringing you something new. We're not going to say what it is, what the podcast is, but every week we, we seem to have something in the pipe, right? Yep. Uh, we got some ideas running. I'm not, I'm Perfect. not going to spoil. Right. Don't spoil it, man. We'll, we'll keep these as a surprise. Okay, guys, that's it for today. Uh, this is Ed and Rick. Right. <laughs> With a slight delay and we're signing off. Thanks for listening today, guys.